you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Today, you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sanger Molly says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Flip My Funnel podcast. Quick shout out to Sangram for uh, giving us the opportunity to speak to you on a four-part series that me, Michael Rose, founder of Mojo Media Labs, along with my wife. Hi, I'm Nicole Rose, president and CEO of Mojo Media Labs, and Mike's wife. <laughs> and my wife. I like saying that. And our four-part series is going to be called Culture Eats ABM for Breakfast. Why do we say that? Well, to keep and grow customers that you spent a lot of time and money to get in the first place. So you can have all the best technology, the best sales process, strategy, etc. But if it's delivered by surly people who don't care, as my Uncle Louie would say, forget about it. <laughs> so Tell they're Italian. Yeah, no. <laughs> For Mojo to deliver on our mission, which is to help our clients grow smarter through account-based marketing, inbound marketing, sales enablement, and web design and development, we had to start with our culture, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what we figured out early on years ago, I'll just kind of go back in time a little bit, was we had a culture about five years ago, but it wasn't the culture that we wanted. Um, We were really struggling with retaining people. We were struggling with attracting people who, you know, were probably good, talented people. And then therefore we were really struggling to keep good clients. We were able to attract them, but we weren't able to keep them. So we quickly realized that why are we spending all this time, money and effort to, you know, to, to market and to sell uh, new clients and, you know, have it be delivered by people who didn't necessarily care as much, obviously, as we did. So it became Mike and I's mission to figure out how we can, you know, turn this thing around and, create a great culture. And that's what today's, um, that's what today's episode is. We're going to talk about the foundational aspects from creating values and mission and purpose, which is where we started in our journey to try to create a great culture. And then in our other uh, episodes, we're going to talk about some other really exciting foundational things that we've put in place over the years that have really enhanced our culture. And since those early days, you know, it's easy to say that I don't think you appreciate a good culture until you experienced managing, leading, or working in a bad culture. So it's, we, we, we so much appreciate now that, you know, great people produce great results and by doing so they produce their best work. Yeah. And the, the result of that then usually is if they're producing great results, then you're most likely going to have much happier clients and who will want to continue to stay, you know, your organization and, you know, and then you're becoming more profitable and, Quite frankly, it's a heck of a lot more fun too to, to, to be at a business um, to where the you know to be at a company where the culture is great. And we really at Mojo we don't believe in work life balance. Um, I, I think that work and life is integrated, and I think too many times we allow our life to work around our work and not our work to work around our life. Did I say that right? Yes. So it, it's really, you know, it's about, it's about life first and then work should be in that somewhere, but not the other way around. So should we talk about, you know, how we went from 
kind of the culture that we didn't want to where we are today, which um, if I could just maybe brag a little bit, I don't say this to, to, to brag, but it's been a lot of work, many years in the making. So we are proud about this, but our, you know, for example, our, our glass door rating is, I believe, 4.8 right now, 100% CEO rating. Nice job, honey. Um, <laughs> we uh, we also do, most people have heard of an NPS you know, score, net promoter score. We do that uh, for our employees as well. Our last uh, net promoter score that we sent out, which we do this on a monthly basis, was 100%, which is pretty phenomenal given within our industry, the benchmark was 52%. So again, this isn't easy and it's taken an awful lot of work and focus and energy and we're really passionate about this. So you want to talk about kind of where we started in our journey to turn this around? Sure. And I don't think there's a good first place to start, right? I don't think we can give out a checklist as to what to do. I think it's kind of unique for everybody, but ultimately focusing on our vision. And as you know, we, we think that vision is a lot like music. So you can't describe the sound of music. You have to actually get an instrument and play the music, right? That's how you can understand. And yeah, hear. really think about that. The first time I heard that, I was like, well, surely I could describe music. But you really can't. I mean, it's really impossible to say, you know, anyway. Nicole's, so I thought that was Nicole's mom's a, uh, was a piano teacher, so I like to play with her and say, what does the piano sound like? Don't, don't play it for me. Talk to me. Use mm-hmm. words. And I think vision is very similar. And, and you, you, we talk about our vision a lot. But the instruments and the tools that we use so people can see that vision that we all can see is developing your mission, your purpose, and your values. And for us, we didn't start with purpose and mission. We really started with our values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we started figuring out that, okay, what is it, what, what values do we want in our organization um, for everybody to be able to have? So that was a really interesting process to be able to go through. Thankfully, we worked with our PEO at the time. And they had some wonderful people on their staff who kind of took us through this process. It sounds super easy, like, oh, just come up with some core values. But it took us it took us many months to be able to not just come up with them, but to live with them and to see if they were the right core values. And there's a lot of great content out there. If you just Google search, you know, business core values, then you'll get a lot of different values that you can go through, print off and go through and circle the ones that resonate with you immediately and cross out the ones that, that don't. What Nicole and I did was we did that exercise together. It wasn't surprising that we had a lot of similar core values that we, we were attracted to. And we, I think came up with 25 or or 30 total out of, out of that list. And clearly we needed less than that. Our goal was to get um, six or less. We like threes. So six or less. And, and we lived with those values for, I, I want to say, up to eight or nine months. They were just taped to the door. We looked at them every single day. And every issue that came up through the business on a daily basis, we went to that list and said, can this value, does this value represent who we are? And will this value help us make a decision, whether it's to identify a great person or make a decision to hire them or to how to solve a client issue, whatever the case might be. And then over those eight to nine months, we actually came up with six. Yeah, exactly. And I, I will say for, for, for those of you who may not have core values and maybe you're thinking, you know, I really should, you really should have them. Mm-hmm. It's been an amazing thing. We'll talk about how um, it's transformed our company, really just even having the core values over the years. But having core values is, is great. But what we realized is that when we finally developed them, we looked at the people who are on our team and we, you know, we said, okay, do they embody the core values? And for, for those of you who 
you know, our attraction fans, there is, you know, a way to kind of, you know, rate that, if you will, from a positive, the people analyzer. Yes. And uh, so it's either plus or plus minus, you know, or minus. And unfortunately, there were a lot of people on our team at the time who didn't necessarily embody the core values or some of them or most of them. And so we went to get, we we got to work to try to, you know, to transform, you know, the, the people that we had on our team to kind of fit the core values. And what we learned is that you can't teach values. Someone either has the values or they don't. You can teach skills, but you can't teach values. So that was, that was a tough time for Mojo to kind of go through some, you know, change, but, you know, so just be prepared for that, that you may have to go through some of that in case, you know, your, your, your team members may not, you know, have the, the culture and the core values that you want, but it's worth it. Creating the values or identifying your values is kind of difficult as that mm-hmm. is, is the start of the easy process, easier part of the process. Yeah. Quick story. I was at a CEO roundtable and the CEO was, was had a cultural issue that had been a, a pervasive issue over time. And finally I asked her, I said, what are the core values of your company? And at first I asked, I said, do you have core values in your company? She goes, oh yes, absolutely. We have core values. And she went on to continue to explain the problem. And I said, well, what are your core values? Can you recite them to me? And she just paused and no. she could not recite her, her core mm-hmm. values as the CEO of the company. And I said, well, maybe that's a good place to start because, mm-hmm. you know, coming up with those values is one thing, but actually living them and making decisions around them and making them concrete within every decision in your business is a whole nother thing. I completely agree. I'd like to say that there's not a single person at Mojo who doesn't know our core values. Um, I believe that very much to be true since we do everything around our core values. We attract, we, ret- you know, we, we retain the talent we have, we have conversations, good or bad, you know, around the core values. They're, they're everywhere in an organization. And if you don't know, if everyone in your organization isn't aligned and isn't aware and ingrained in the core values, then you don't really have core values. Should we share ours? Are we talking about them? Sure. sure. Yeah. We have six core values. We have creativity, conscious collaboration, passion, professional development, ridiculous results, and reliability. And what we say within Mojo, it's the small words, the small words that are bigger than the the big words. I just told you the big words, but there's meaning behind each one of those. And so not only can, you know, our team members recite what those are, but they can, they understand the meaning, the small words behind it and and the power behind, you know, each one of those and and why we have those. An example of that is reliability. So reliability is setting expectations and following through, or if you can't follow through, reset expectations in a timely manner. So that is kind of the ritual. The ritual is really understanding the several different meanings and descriptions behind reliability. And what's, what's, what's really something is that once this starts to become a rhythm and a, and a habit, then as a leader, as a manager, that's how you can have a great conversation with somebody. And I think for the most part, we do a terrible job at thanking people. Hey, thank, thanks, Nicole. I appreciate being on this podcast with me. Or, hey, thanks, Nicole. I appreciate having the opportunity to do this podcast because it gives us an opportunity to talk about our values and appreciate the people who live them on it every day. And then actually give an example of a core value. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it becomes just more conversational and easier as you go along. Yeah, 100%. So we think about our core values as is really serving a compass to ensure that all of our mojo makers, we don't call our, our people employees, it's mojo makers, that they're all on the same 
you know, path that no matter who is, is, is looking that the decisions that are going to be made are going to be aligned with our core values. And so that's where we started was to create that. We lived with those for quite some time. And then, you know, honestly, a lot of people start with a mission and purpose. Um, We didn't, if you, if you have a mission and purpose, that's awesome. It's just not the course that we went to, but there's no right or wrong way. So once we got the values down, you know, in our company, really felt good about them. And, and when I say that they are like within our organization, if you go to our website, mojomedialabs.com, by the way, you're going to see them right on our website. It comes up in interviews. If you're ever coming to Mojo to interview, you will be asked questions about the core values. And I, I can't tell you the number of candidates we've come in. And, you know, the question has, you know, maybe been, what's your favorite core value or what core value resonated with you? And I have been blown away on multiple occasions for people who are completely ready for the answer. And they weren't warned ahead of time to, you know, to come, you know, to that. So it's, it's putting it out there, you know, we've got it on your website. We talk about internal, we've got it on the walls on our, you know, um, uh, at our office locations, everything that we do, you know, revolves around those. Yeah. We work so hard to get new customers uh, for our clients. And I ask the question a lot, what excites you more getting a new customer or getting a new talent, somebody who's just insanely talented to work in your company and people pause. And I think they start to then realize that talent is so incredibly, not just important, but incredibly difficult to get and retain and through rewarding. Um, And it's also difficult to remove if the talent isn't to the level that, that you need, or you made a mistake in the hiring process. But having what we've noticed is that by publishing the core values, just not something we put in a handbook somewhere, but something that we put on the walls, we put on T-shirts, we put in our conversation. But when we put it on our website and then started to create content around each one of those values, then we saw an uptick in applications, which then gave us a bigger pool to find great people to deliver great work for our clients. Yeah, 100%. So do you want to talk about then, you know, where we went next with our mission and purpose? Yeah, it's it's funny. One day then, you know, many years later, uh, we kind of look around and see that, you know, we've got some pretty amazing people. I mean, the the talent that's that's you now surround yourself with when you really live those values is really, truly something. Uh, And then we started to feel different pressures. We felt pressure to to grow, to keep the talent that we have. And and what we noticed is that if we want to keep them. And, and keep them happy and keep them engaged and, and keep them on the career path that they want to stay on from a skills perspective beyond the, the values is that we had to grow. And in doing so, we needed something else. And, and what we then did was start really focusing on why are we in business? Why, why are we doing what we're doing? Yeah, 100%. So we started, we started looking at our purpose. And for those of you who you know, familiar with purpose, we think of it from a standpoint being our North Star. A purpose isn't probably something that you'll necessarily completely achieve, but it's it's kind of the mindset and the framework that everybody is kind of striving for. And for us, our purpose that we decided is enriching lives. That was it's really important to us. Our North Star. Our North Star. And so anyone who is anyone who comes into contact with, you know, with Mojo in any capacity we want to we want to figure out a way to enrich their lives, whatever that might be. It could be enriching the lives of our team member, of our customers, of a you know of a partner, you know, whoever. So our, and of course, that has nothing to do with 
digital marketing, you know, which is like what we do. And that's the point. It's like, why are we in business? Why are we, you know, doing the things we're doing? I mean, clearly it's, you know, it's to help our customers, which actually I'll get into then our, our mission, which is um, more aligned to kind of what we do, which is helping our customers to grow smarter. And actually our mission is helping you grow smarter. And we think about which that. Which the program. acronym is HUGS, right? So yeah. helping you grow smarter. Yes. Helping you grow smarter. Mike loves acronyms. He was a scientist, by the way. So he it's acronyms, all the time. <laughs> acronyms constantly. So our, our mission, though, is 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 helping you grow smarter. So whether it's our customers, you know, our, our goal is to help our customers to grow. But we don't want to just help them grow. We want to help them grow in a smarter way. Right. Um, leveraging the best technology and, and new processes and, you know, digital transformation and you know all of that. But we also want to help to grow our, you know, our team members smarter. How can we, you know, how can we grow them in their skill sets and, you know, in, in a better way? And we think about this for our customers and we've got all sorts of examples that we document from these things too. So our purpose, we decided is enriching lives and our mission is helping you grow smarter. Right. And when we really started to see, quite frankly, a return on investment of investing in culture um, is when about two years ago, a little over two years ago, we made the decision to hire somebody to come in and help us manage the culture. So we have a, a director of culture and man, w- w- what an awesome investment. Yeah, exactly. And actually in our final episode, we're going to be talking about some of the fundamental ways and, and covering some of our secrets beyond kind of just our fun, you know, foundational things that, that we're doing within Mojo that have really helped to support the culture. And so we're going to talk more about what this role is at that time. Um, honestly, I've had a lot of people reach out going, I want one of those. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that and some other things that are going to be really cool. Right. Anything else you want to add on the culture as it relates to the vision, which again, vision, as we describe to anybody we need to describe to, whether it's a a stakeholder, a partner that we're going to bring on board or, you know, talking to a potential new candidate, et cetera. It's, it's really saying this is, this is Mojo's vision. Uh, this is the company or the agency's vision. And we'll start with purpose. We'll, we'll talk about our mission and then we'll move into the values. And now we have many, many case studies, many success stories mm-hmm. about how this, uh, those, those three parts to our, to our core culture, which are non-negotiable. Um, these are these are things we don't uh, debate or are flexible on. Other things we are, um, which is the other parts of the show that we'll talk about in our second and third part of the series. But this part of, of how we've built the agency is, is a non-negotiable. 100% a non-negotiable. And, and you'll find too, once you really create a culture, you're going to repel people from your company. You're either going to attract, you're going to attract the people who trust me, you want to attract and you're going to repel those people who you don't. And even if somebody comes into your organization that, I mean, it still happens, but even with a great culture, you know, there are still decisions that, you know, that, that we make that we go, mm, okay, shoot, you know, that probably wasn't the best decision. But the interesting thing is, is that they start to quickly realize that too. And, you know, so we, in those kinds of situations, I mean, you know, it's, it's super important with a great culture to always make sure that, you know, you're taking care of people even during the time of, you know, offboarding and, you know, so we don't have situations, you know, these days to where, you know, it's, there's animosity or, you know, <laughs> or anything of that nature. I mean, you know, it, sometimes it's just not a good fit. And part of a great culture actually is having people move on because if they're not a, if they're not a great fit, then, you know, that's, that's not good for anybody. So, but anyway, 
Uh, no, I think that we've talked about some great foundational elements in, in our talk today. What do you think? Absolutely. And, and I think in order to really grow and perhaps even ultimately scale uh, a business, that there has to be more than just one or two or three people making decisions. You really want everybody in the company to feel comfortable making decisions. Therefore, they have to feel comfortable making mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. And to give them give them grace to make a mistake so long as they made that decision with your vision in mind, then it's something almost to celebrate so long as I guess it's not catastrophic, but that's how we all learn. But if you're, if you're making, if you're making mistakes and you're doing it for the right reasons. And uh, I think it's tied back to the, to the, the vision of the organization, then, you know, that what a great thing that people can make decisions on their own. They feel empowered to make decisions and they then have a framework, right. To, to, to make those decisions on their own. And, and then that really helps the company grow overall, I believe. Yes, I completely agree with that. So to kind of to kind of wrap up and maybe talk a little bit of, of uh, what to expect coming up, we are super excited to be able to have several episodes of Flip My Funnel to be able to host. Again, thanks so much to Singram for you know giving us the opportunity for this to really speak on something that's exciting and you know that we're passionate about. And so just to give you kind of a sneak peek, our next uh, few episodes, we're going to we're going to talk in our next episode about open book management. We call it OBM. We really enjoy it. Yeah, this is something in particular that I'm incredibly excited about. It's it's a revolutionary way of just, you know, being able to create trust and transparency in your business and you know, getting people within your organization really thinking and acting like owners. And I really mean that. That sounds, you know, lofty, but we'll give you examples of what that is. And then after that, we're going to talk about something that is really um, cutting edge. I mean, I'm telling you, we, we think a lot about how can we push the edge in our culture. And that is ROW, Results Only Work Environment. Did I say that right? Kind of grow results, <laughs> results only work, work environments. Environment. Right like the environment came up weird. Um, so we're going to talk about what that is. That's a concept that is uh, it's, it's fairly new in the marketplace, but it's had huge impact, you know, within our organization. And then the final episode is going to be just kind of a sneak peek into some, you know, some tangible ways that you can take maybe some of the things that that we're doing and maybe you know think about them within your organization. And we definitely acknowledge that, you know. OBM, open book management and row results only work environment are pretty ambitious, uh, rather whatever size company you have. And in our experience, we found that really establishing that culture, have we said culture enough in this episode? Get used to it. This yeah. is culture you're taking for practice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about the culture, but we had the foundation set to then we started could stack other ambitious goals to even build uh, on top of the culture that we have to, in order to go through that process again, really, of, of attracting the right people, retaining them, and allowing you to want to reward awesome people uh, in order to produce their best work and the best work for our clients. So thank you so much for tuning in. Another shout out to Sangram. Thank you for the invitation, and we're looking forward to continuing the sequence over three more times. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Talk to you all soon. Sangram here. All right, you already might have heard that I launched my newest book, ABM is B2B. So I want to give you a gift for being a podcast listener for some of you have been listening it for the whole year and a half and, and send me so many messages. So I want to gift you. I want to gift you a copy of the book. I'm not asking you to buy. I'm literally gifting you the copy of the book. So if you text me at 33777 with the keyword ABM is B2B, simple as that. 
text me when you get a chance. Don't don't drive and text like when you stop. It will be in the show notes. So just take a look at it. The keyword is ABM is B2B and text me that keyword at 33777. It will add, ask you for a physical address so I can ship you the book. And I just want to say thank you. I am super excited. Hopefully I can uh, get this book to as many of you who have been a loyal listeners and evangelist of the Flip My Funnel podcast. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.